Hi, my name is Kaya. And I'm Marissa. And this is Well, Why Not? Yes, a podcast. It's the podcast of all podcasts. All of them are here. <laughs> we are all of them. We are podcast. Now it sounds like we're part of an alien race that does nothing but like... Podcast? Turns, turns entire civilizations into podcasts. That's pretty much now, isn't it, though? That happened. It you, did? You missed it, like, two weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is that why we're doing a podcast? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Another week has gone by, and we're still here. Is everybody enjoying the new Tuesday schedule? We're coming out on Tuesdays instead of Mondays. Yeah, let us know if that works out better for you. Is that exciting? So thrilling because you texted me like what if we released on thursdays and i was like yeah, tuesdays sure. or tuesdays so and you I was don't like, even know i don't even know and i was like i don't i don't it doesn't affect me much and then you, you were like are you okay or are you just at work yeah i was like oh, okay well because i'm at work and also this this portion doesn't affect me much you well okay this is the thing i think Everybody hates me all the time. That's just my baseline. And so uh, I texted you and I was like, hey, Trevor, who was one of our friends. Hi, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> Shout out, Trevor. Uh, Trevor, he loves podcasts. He recommended that we switch to Tuesdays since all the big time podcast players are on Mondays and we're just, you know, not big. Anyway, so he recommended Tuesdays, which I thought was a good idea. So yeah. I texted you and I was like, hey, Trevor says maybe we should switch to Tuesdays yeah. so that... We're like higher up on the release list for that day, mm-hmm. and uh, and you just texted back, okay, okay, which immediately in my mind means you fucking hate me. That's what I thought. Well, I spelled it all out. I didn't it was just even say okay. It was okay. A y okay. Yeah, and it was lowercase too, which is even scary. You, the, well, I don't oh, capitalize anything, Marissa. Uh, this is not against you. This is my problems. I was at so work. That's, yeah, so that's why I messaged you. I was like, are you mad or are you at work? Because I was like, yeah, that, that might be the case because you would actually be busy with real life. Yeah. But I interpret it as, I guess she's not my friend anymore. I would guess let you know. guess all this is over. I've always let you know. I even told you that one time I had a dream and then I was mad at you for yes. the stuff in that dream. That makes sense. I Everybody promised to always tell you. Oh my gosh, Marissa. I've had some fucked up dreams lately. Oh yeah, yeah. What was the dream? I had two. I had two separate nightmares last night. Oh no! So much fun. I had one that involved like cats, like peeling off their skins and becoming different cats on the inside, like Russian doll cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> cool. <laughs> You're like cool. <laughs> you mean I can have multiple cats from one cat? It was crazy. My dream was this cat that was just ripping off its skin. And underneath it was like a new cat and it would like eat the skin and it would just like do that over and over again. It was horrifying. It's almost like what babies do in the womb. Oh my God. No. That's (laughs) true. So, wow. That is like really (laughs) throwing me off. What? Babies eat their own skin? Yeah. They like all their little baby hairs and stuff. Shit. In the womb. Okay. It helps make jaw muscles a thing for babies. Yeah. So that's also why like the first time they go to the bathroom it's horrifying inside you no no no, no not not when they're inside you like the first time a baby uh, in the out, outside world like what comes out is all like hair fluid stuff and then like skin and stuff that has been eating dear god yeah they, real well, life babies, is so much scarier. babies in the womb are disgusting well anyway yeah i fucked up dreams it's fine so does everybody right yeah that's great yeah i had real weird ones last night i can't talk about them no too scary no, oh, no, not too scary, just inappropriate. <laughs> ah, tea. Sorry for the quick laugh and a tea break. Yeah. 
You drinking the tea? I'm having a nice little mocha, but I think it's still too hot because I have a baby mouth. No, I do not have a baby mouth. Oh, that's good now. My mouth, I, I like, I like my liquids hot, hot. Um, I like everything room temperature and flat. <laughs> that's my nightmare. <laughs> no, I'm my awful. absolute nightmare. Oh, next day soda pop when it's watered down and Are flat you? is my favorite. Wow, <laughs> I should I'll leave. save my cups. From, like, going to the movies, I'll, like, have maybe half of my soda pop, unless I really, like, it's mm. Mr. Pibb or something. I might do that whole thing down. <laughs> but then, like, the next day, I'll just sip out of it. Uh, that grosses me out so much. Why? Because it's been sitting out or because it's flat and watered uh, down? It's flat and watered down. Okay. That upsets me tremendously. But now I know I'll just give you all my old sodas. Yay! Yay! Friendship is magic um so you know what i was bummed about i don't know if you know this happened but for those of you that don't live in the portland oregon area it's um pretty well known throughout probably the film slash i don't know nerdy community that the room plays monthly at cinema 21 Mm -hmm. and i was super bummed because last night they played the room and i wish we could have gone because i love seeing the room which is a horrible awesome movie and that's what we're talking about today that is what we're talking about today but yeah cinema Tw- you've been to it once haven't you have no you- i've never been to the room <sighs> showing i have not thrown spoons oh my gosh yes so that's so the room released in 2003 we didn't look that up we just knew that off the top of our heads totally if you have not seen the room you should see the room i would say it's oh yeah it's the epitome of like the worst film that it's oh, yeah. so bad it's good and that's what this podcast is about what is our favorite movies that are bad but we like them and it's good and i think you have a little bit different definition well i just i sometimes just like bad movies <laughs> like they're bad yeah like they're not critics are not well received by we- anybody except me <laughs> and maybe like 10 other people <laughs> i i love for me, I'm more of the, the you know, clear cut. They're so bad that they become entertainment. That's like The Room. Yeah, that's sure. The Room. And The Room, yeah, if you're ever lucky enough to go to an actual theater screening with a group of Room fans, it's like Rocky, if you've ever heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's specific things you do, specific, specific, specific things that you say or things that you um, throw <laughs> Spoons. Spoons. You throw spoons. But it's like become this like collaborative, yeah, you know, riff track essentially on the film that you can do with an audience. It's a very awesome experience. But yeah, this movie is so bad. So bad. That it becomes like an inside joke. It's like you are enjoying the films ironically. And if you've ever seen The Disaster Artist that came yes. out a few years ago, that's based off of the book that was written by the other actor in that movie Mm -hmm. about that movie being made and i think that one thing that does end up happening that makes a really bad movie good is when the mark is missed so far so a dramatic work is hilarious when something Mm -hmm. is funny even though it was supposed to be dramatic i think that's what turns it into a good movie yes yeah yeah yeah. when something's supposed to be scary and it's funny pretty much when anything's supposed to be anything else and then it turned out to be funny like that (laughs) makes it good yes i can't think of a good bad movie in any history that's like was supposed to be dramatic but it turned out to be terrifying Mm -hmm. (laughs) i want to bring up i don't know if you've ever seen it showgirls oh i haven't seen showgirls don't (laughs) Oh, I always wanted to see Showgirls. It's horrifying. I like everybody in it. Oh my 
god. Uh, me too, right? I'll probably still watch it. Kyle McLaughlin, he's in <laughs> a few of these horrible movies. Like, he's also in Dune, yeah. which is a very cool... Ugh. Dune. Uh, but show, I mean, Showgirls is one of those movies where it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, every <laughs> everything is like so melodramatic and so over the top and so overacted. And then the ending just takes the most violent turn. You're oh. not expecting it. Oh. It's scarring. I can't wait. I mean, I'll probably die clearly remembering scenes from Showgirls. So I don't know <laughs> if that was like, I mean, it sticks with you. Who knows? You know, film mm-hmm. is art and, and, <laughs> I don't. I, I wouldn't call it art, but I mean, I do remember it vividly. <laughs> I do remember Showgirls. It did, did do what it was supposed to do. Highly recommend the uh, Kyle McLaughlin and Elizabeth Berkley mm-hmm. from like Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the case where like, oh, she was trying to break, you know, the yeah. stigma of Saved by the Bell. Sure. It kind of went on went on the deep end a little bit. I think she was uh she was trying a little too hard. Might have worked. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, she she says that film ended her career. I it, and I tend to agree, but uh, highly recommend the uh, pool sex scene. Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin, Elizabeth Berkley. I mean, the things they do in that pool oh, no. are not physically possible, oh, and fun. I and I praise them I on it. I think I've actually seen that on YouTube before. You sh- yeah, yeah, there's a very popular gif that I, I highly recommend <laughs> that you search for and use in all conversations. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of bad movies. I mean, what do you think of, of bad movies? Quote unquote bad movies. I'm, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers when I say bad movies. I think, especially if you listen to our podcast last week, making movies is hard and sometimes things just don't work the way you want at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a collaborative effort, right? And when you think of that many people getting involved in one thing, it does seem like it would be impossible. So the fact that any movie comes together is astonishing. Yeah. So when there's a bad movie, sometimes it's just, you know, maybe it's just one person's fault or maybe it's everybody's fault. And it's still an achievement that they did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, like I said, I haven't made a feature film yet. So, you know. God bless them. They did exactly. it. Exactly. They put some, they put something out there. They and, sure tried. Wow. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So um, sometimes they try so hard. So we've each picked like our top three bad movies. Marissa's is more movies that were just ill received, but you love. Yes. Mine are definitely movies that I would be embarrassed to tell people that I have watched and enjoyed because <laughs> they're so bad. I'll start. Um, yeah. Because I know that one of the bad movies that I just love we both enjoy. Ooh, really? It's Mordecai. (laughs) (laughs) With Johnny Depp came out a few years ago. It was so poorly received they pulled all of the commercials for it within the first weekend that it aired. And then also eventually was taken from theaters sooner than it was supposed to be. And I adore that movie. I just looked up the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my goodness, I did not look it up. I assumed it was bad. 12%. It's 12%. 12% Rotten Tomato score. I will say, I think one of its bigger downfalls is I love Johnny Depp because I grew up with him yeah. as being what, just a, an icon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I think Mordecai hit that nice, sweet spot <laughs> of people just being absolutely sick of him and they were done with yes, it. He did yeah. too many Pirates movies and we're done with you. Yes, yeah, cancel, yeah. But oh. he was so funny in this movie. I mean, this is the thing. I need to see Mordecai again 
because I do remember, this is what I felt. I watched Mordecai. Mm -hmm. I recognized the fact that this is very bad, but I I felt a deep shame because I was like, I was highly entertained. That was a horrible movie. It's very Pink Panther-esque, you know? Totally, like, it yeah. wasn't Like, it wasn't so terrible. They didn't do anything specifically that was, like, awful. It just wasn't that great. Yeah, like, OG, like, Peter Sellers, like, yeah. OG Pink Panther. Yeah. If that script had gotten back there in that time, maybe it would be a mess. Because I do think that it's also, um, it's a different... I can't remember what they're referencing, but it's a very specific, like, detective novels that mm-hmm. they're referencing. And there's a lot of inside jokes that if you don't like the classic detective style done in a comedic form, you're just, you're not going to enjoy it nearly as much. Yeah. The whole bit about, like, shaving off the mustache is, it comes up <laughs> too many times and it's still funny. It's just, it. I'm looking at the, the cast list because it has been a while since I've seen this movie. The cast list of this movie is insane. Yeah. Like, it's Johnny Depp, Ewan McGregor, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, Paul Bettany, Olivia Munn, Jeff Goldblum. It's like literally everybody in Hollywood and it bombed and I don't really know why. I mean... It's so, I think it's just like these movies, like this type of like audacious slapstick comedy, I think from this group of actors was like, what the fuck did they sign up on? Like I was, I was not expecting a jackass, but I kind of, you know, it's not jackass, but like, or bad grandpa, you know, it's like you walk into a movie, you're not expecting Johnny Depp to be in a bad grandpa style comedy. I'm, I'm saying though. I 100% respect your decision to pick this movie because I do remember loving this movie when I saw it. I need to see it It's so funny. I think that is probably another thing that is dying out quite a bit, though, is slapstick in a more general sense. Mm Because a lot of comic movies of the past, especially in the 90s, every single one of them had something slapsticky. And I think that it definitely got super hacky somewhere along the line. And I blame the sequels to scary movies and disaster movie Mm -hmm. and things that were like slapstick and satire. I think they really destroyed the genre. You're totally right. So then anybody else that has done anything like that, they're like, ugh. Mm. Oh, what a cheap shot. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, cheap shots are funny. I'm looking at the Wikipedia of Mordecai. Mm -hmm. I think this accolade will come up probably a few more times in our uh, podcast, but the Golden Raspberry Award, or (laughs) the Razzies, as they're affectionately called. So this one uh, was nominated in three different categories. So it got Worst Actor, Johnny Depp, Worst Actress, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Worst Screen Combo, Johnny Depp and his glued-on mustache. Aww. Wait, did he not win that? He was just nominated. No. Yeah, he should have won. He should have won that. But yeah. Oh, that mustache was so bad. But that was the joke, people. Get behind it. Come on now. I do love Ewan McGregor so much that I don't know if it's more my infatuation with Ewan McGregor that makes me love that movie or the movie itself. I mean, do you remember what character he played? I don't remember anything about this movie, but I <laughs> I remember when it came out, you and I both were like, we love this movie. Yeah. We were like, uh, it was like one of the signs that we were destined to be best <laughs> friends because I was like, we love Mordecai together. Oh, gorgeous. I do like that name, too. Mordecai? Yeah. Solid name. At the time, I was also watching regular show with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. Alex, and Mordecai is one of the main characters there, too. And I was just like, that's such a good name. Yep. That's a good name. It's a solid name. I'm going to pull Your up. turn. I know, right? Or before we get to you, should we... Uh, oh, yeah. Let's do a little... Uh, breaky break. Breakity break. Um, why don't you listen to a little ad from one of the other podcasts on our network, So, so Below, Below Media. Media. 
I'm gonna need you all to roll plus charm to do the ad. That's a five. I got a ten. Eight. All right, Travis. Buddy can manage to get out the name of the show, but not much else. Monster Pod! Sadie, Jimmy's gonna be able to get out the premise, but you didn't roll high enough for any spoilers. Monster Pod is a real play Monster of the Week podcast where four government employed idiots try to save the world. Sarah, Thomason rolled high enough to finish the ad. Releases every other Friday here on So Below Media. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> so we're talking about bad movies. I'm gonna bring up a movie made by uh, a director. I don't know if he even directed this. Oh, he's one of the directors. I just looked it up in my notes. It's a movie called Battle Beyond the Stars, okay? Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of this movie? It sounds familiar. Okay, this movie came out, I'm looking at my notes, 1980, and it was produced and partially directed by Roger Corman, who is, I would say, the king of all movies so some of i would say probably the most famous thing that you would have heard of would have been the original little shop of horrors okay i was like that name sounds familiar yes okay. so because <laughs> he has directed like no joke hundreds of films yeah um and one of the things that makes him special is that he also produces all of his films hmm. and he takes all the money that he makes from those films and then puts it into other films that he makes so he huh. owns the rights to everything he's like this self-made filmmaker That's nice. There's a really amazing documentary about Roger Corman called Corman's World, I believe. That and he doesn't own the rights to, ironically? I think he does own the rights okay, to. Okay. It would not surprise me at all. Battle Beyond the Stars is essentially a Star Wars ripoff, okay? But it's like if you took Star Wars and Seven Samurai, which is a, a masterpiece, yeah. and you smashed them together, okay? Uh -huh. So, like, there's this dude who it, like lives on this planet of, like, kind of, like, farmer dudes, and and they're being attacked by this evil dude. And so he goes out into space and assembles a motley crew of of, <laughs> of people to, like, come back and be kind of a mercenary group nice. to uh, to combine together and fight off the bad guy. Um, but it is a horrible movie. Aww. But I love it so much. So it was made for $2 million. Oh, it's very little yeah. for a uh, sci-fi odyssey. Okay, yeah. But there is uh, two kind of famous actors of the time. So this was made once again in 1980. But it had George Prepard and Robert Vaughn. And mm -hmm. actually half of the budget went to just their two salaries. Wow. So the movie was actually technically made with $1 million. Wow. Um, the uh, spaceship, I highly recommend you Google this, the spaceship just looks like kind of a headless woman with giant boobs, okay? And the spaceship has an AI that sounds, I would say, like a 1950s housewife sort of situation, uh -huh. but like gruff, and she's like got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. Uh -huh. That's what the artificial intelligence sounds like for the spaceship. Awesome. Okay. So far, it sounds great. It's amazing. I mean, if anything, just the fact that they made it with a million dollars kind of shows more like ingenuity. Right. And I think it should be called good for that reason. Right. So some of the big things about this. So the screenplay was written by uh, John Sayles, and he would go on to win an Academy Award for his films uh, Passion Fish and Lone Star. Oh, huh. So he actually won two Academy Awards for Best Original Screenplay. And then the big thing is that a tiny little baby, James Cameron, Aww. was the production designer for this film. 
<laughs> so that big titty ship that I was talking oh, about yeah. was designed that screams by Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah. Screams Cameron. So it literally, this film started his career, though, because everybody was like, wow, this film is horrible, but it looks so good. <laughs> and they made it with $1 million. Yeah. There's something that, that a lot of people in Hollywood call the Corman School of Filmmaking because Roger Corman was an independent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So he kind of started in the you know 60s, 70s, up to the 80s. He started kind of building this like group of ragtag filmmakers that would go on to have enormously famous careers. Yeah, that sounds familiar. So like... Jack Nicholson came out of there. Yeah. Peter Fonda came out of there. James Cameron yeah. came out of there. He met uh, the actor Bill Paxton, was literally a set builder wow. on Battle Beyond the Stars, and they met together and collaborated Aww. ever since. Um, there's also, like, Joe uh, Dante was a big person, um, a part of there. And the music is scored by uh, James Horner. Oh. So James Horner also works with James Cameron. Yeah. So like Titanic, Avatar. So Battle Beyond the Stars. I love this movie because not only is it horrible, but I know in the background there is literally geniuses amongst the (laughs) ranks. Like building, and it gives me hope that like, yes, you can make maybe a slightly horrible movie, but like, it can also be a stepping stone to like yeah. greater amazing things. I mean, you have to make a first one, right? Yes. You have to make one. But yeah, I had to, you know, talking about bad, good movies, I have to talk about. I had to bring up Roger Corman because he is yeah. he has made literally Piranha. He made Piranha. Oh, I love Piranha. Um, he made... Uh, <laughs> it's he, so bad. It's so bad, right? I, I will say that I believe the, the bulk of Roger Corman films are available on Amazon Prime now so if you have uh amazon prime you can watch some roger corman and get really really into it marissa what is your second favorite good bad movie well i would just like to say again if you listen to our last podcast i watch a lot of sequels Mm. i also watch a lot of thirds and fourths and fifths (laughs) And sixths, if they have them, of franchises, especially children's movies, because animation is so wonderful Mm -hmm. in so many ways. But, like, you know, the Ice Age movies weren't good. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you preface that. They're, like, none they're okay. The first one, you know, has them standing for sure. It Mm -hmm. is, like, one of the first real big CGI movies to come out of, like, all computer graphics and everything. And you can tell watching the all the series put together, you can tell that it definitely had more money thrown at it and then it gets slowly better and better the way computers got better and better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it does get visually stunning. Mm-hmm. The stories, there's only really so much you can do in the Ice Age. <laughs> Mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and it's, a weird sloth. It's cold. It's cold. The end. And then, you know, the third one, there's dinosaurs because apparently you can mm. break through the ice Mm, I missed that in my science classes growing up, but yeah. And then through the ice under under that, there's like a whole world of dinosaurs. Oh, They're frozen underneath okay. it, right? So Land of the Lost. Yes, exactly like that. Yes. And then the fourth one, everything is breaking up. All the mm. ice is breaking up, so they have to find new worlds. And that's when monkeys start really coming out, like oh. pirate monkeys. Oh, okay. Pirate monkeys. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the fourth one. And then the fifth one, there's like... Babies and aliens and, um, a, a, of course, you know, a giant rock hurling through space towards us, towards Earth. Oh, wait. That, that's the fifth one. Um, did you, did you say aliens? 
uh, there is there's aliens in the fifth ice in age. In the fifth we... ice age, yeah. The is, whole... Ray, is Ray Romano still voicing? Yeah. Oh my gosh! No. Yes. The, also, all these sequels still get big name stars to even do oh, the cameos. Because in the third one, which honestly is my favorite one, and I'm going to stick by it because <laughs> Simon Pegg plays this weasel. <laughs> Simon Pegg is in the third I icing. love Simon Pegg. I gotta stick with my redheads. I love Simon Pegg. I don't care what nonsense oh he's in. Oh my god. Because I'm just like, redhead bower! Aww. So he plays this weasel. Mm-hmm. And a, this weasel's already absurd because he's a weasel, but he also Absolutely. has an eye patch that he's constantly changing sides Oh of. my gosh. And he has the energy and just the charisma that I have not seen in anything in a long time and he just has some of the funniest lines I've ever heard but the animation is also one of the best in that one the hair is so real Mm -hmm. and it has a bottom line story about like Manny's not ready to be a father yet, but oh, shit. Things Queen Latifah's going to have a baby. Queen Latifah? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember. she plays she's the a, girl. I forgot. She plays yes. the female mammoth mm-hmm. who originally thinks that she's a possum. And, that's right. You know. <laughs> I am being flooded with remembering of Ice Age <laughs> yeah, plots. So I also, I do own the third one on DVD. <laughs> oh my, do you own one and two? I don't think I own one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I own the third one and like the fifth one. You just, you went straight, you beeline to three and five. Yeah, I don't think I have the first and second So is one. Ice Age 3 your, your next one? So good, yes, bad? that is my next good, bad movie. But nice. I have seen all of them. You just lump them together. I even went to theaters <laughs> and dragged my boyfriend to see the sixth one. And yes. he, he was like, I don't know if I can trust you to pick a movie. <laughs> You know you picked a bad movie if people are like, mm, I judge you I, now in a different way. I now say all the time, like, I promise I'll never take you to the sixth of anything ever again. We I, did go see Pirates, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I had no idea there was a sixth Ice Age until yeah. you said, until you've told me that you went to it. And I yeah. was like, there was a sixth Ice Age? And that one has actually one, like, there's this really, the only reason I even think it's salvageable as an idea. has everything to do with that space rock that I was saying. Mm. And it turns into these big, beautiful geode crystals. And the Mm. animation on them is beautiful. You want to just, you want to be in that world with them Mm. where they're surrounded by these rainbow crystals and they're gorgeous and they keep you young forever. And it's like this (laughs) little hippie community has sprouted. Hippie slash maybe a cult kind of forms in this space. Ah, classic. And it's beautiful. But they're all like, ancient people they're all really really old and after everything gets destroyed spoilers they get old and it's like oh no they're gonna die <laughs> this sounds quick. like some crazy ass shit right now but the crystals are beautiful beautiful you could yes. not capture that in a regular movie mm-hmm. it could only be done in animation and that's in the sixth one. Oh my gosh <laughs> this is awesome i cannot believe there's so many yeah i i think it's over now i, I would hope so i sure hope so because i Everything kind of, t- it looks like in the end of that one, like everything's over pretty quickly <laughs> and <laughs> the monkeys are about to take over everything and that's us. Good. So, that's us. Even though there's already people, I don't know, it's, they don't pay attention to timelines, neither should we. Or science, you know. No, Who cares? Matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, well, that's freaking awesome. So yeah, the third, third Ice Age, the okay. dawn of the dinosaurs, mostly because redhead power. <laughs> awesome. Well, my next movie... Now, we've brought up this person once already in a podcast. 
but this movie. Dun, dun, dun. The 1984 classic with a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, Rhinestone, mm-hmm. starring Dolly Parton <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone. Yes. This film is awful. <laughs> it's so not good, but I fucking love it so much. It was so funny. So uh, this was a movie that I um when I was when I was going through my Dolly Parton trip. I uh, of course Dolly Parton is known. She's a, a, as an incredible actress, and so I was trying to find Dolly Parton films to watch. Uh, Dolly Parton <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone came up, and I was like, ah, uh, yes, please. And so I went to this that movie rental place, Movie Madness, and I found Rhinestone, a DVD copy of Rhinestone. Wow. Ain't nobody made a Blu-ray of this movie. No, and. Uh, I put it on the counter, and the the person checking me out was like, yes, Rhinestone. And then the people behind was like, oh, my God, is somebody renting Rhinestone? Now you can't play it in the store all the time. Because the person had apparently been playing it in the background. And she was like, you have to watch it for the costuming alone. Because this is a 1984 Dolly Parton, and it is called Rhinestone. Yeah. So imagination, everybody. Shit is glittery. I don't even know how many bejewelers were on set just bejeweling the shit at everything. Wow. But yeah, so pretty much this is the plot of Rhinestone. Dolly Parton. Yes. Plays not Dolly Parton. Shocking. She plays... A singer at a bar in New York City. Okay. That's not Dolly Parton. I know, right? <laughs> yes. And everybody is like, oh, you're so amazing. Why don't you go out there and make you know, make yourself a star? Yeah. But the bar owner is like, I have you, woman. You're under contract. And so you got to stay in this bar and sing your songs here for pennies. She's like, let's do a bet. The bet is that the very first person that I see, I can turn into a country music star here at the bar. Okay. Ooh. The first person I see, I can turn into a real honky-tonk legend, okay? Mm-hmm. And if I am successful and they play one night in the country club in New York City and they're well-liked, then you let me out of my contract. But if I lose, then you have me forever. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. And then, of course, they throw in the extra sexist bit that if she loses, he gets to sleep with her, too. Ew. Gross, right? Ew. So, okay, what do they do? They run into a taxi cab driver. Of course. Played by Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing, Marissa. Marissa, you know what she does? She, she, okay, so they agree. Sylvester Stallone's the guy. And I think, (laughs) I don't remember, and I'm pretty happy that I don't remember all the details (laughs) of this movie, but uh, I think it's like a week. It was in like a week. Oh, man. She has to make him into a country, you know, a country musician. And so, you know what the first thing she does? She books a couple of tickets and she heads to Tennessee. And now Sylvester Stallone is like a fish out of water movie in Tennessee, learning how to sing country music. And he sings, oh my God, Marissa. Seems like she went a difficult route to do this. I I would like to say that this is the first movie of many, many movies that Sylvester Stallone was nominated and won Razzie Awards for. Nice. For a song called Drinkenstein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. Let me describe this song to you. Okay. This song, which yeah. is sung by Sylvester Stallone. Whew. Pitchy. In a, uh, in what is an Italian country accent, whatever you could imagine <laughs> that to be. Sure. 
is a song about how he drinks so much Budweiser that he becomes a monster called Drinkenstein. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, Casablanca, amazing film. Sure. Yes. Masterpiece. Yeah. I think Rhinestone is equal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Drinkenstein. You know, this is a, a legend, a, a song of, it's so bad, Marissa. I also, like, when you said Drinkenstein, I first did think Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Drink, drunk Frankenstein, sure. Mm-hmm. But I also thought, oh, man, that's so clever. Could it also could be, like, drinking from a stein. Right? Double. Clever. Also, Budweiser, good good brand placement for mm-hmm. his future. Right? I know. That's who probably paid for this goddamn movie. Okay, Marissa, can I read you some lyrics of Drinkenstein? Do it. Okay. Budweiser, you've created a monster, and they call him Drinkenstein. And the tavern down the street is the laboratory where he makes the transformation all the time. Andrew Lloyd Webber ain't got nothing, nothing. on Drinkenstein. Um, but anyway, so uh, essentially Dolly Parton. Yeah. Her character successfully makes him a country music person. Sure. She wins. Okay. She ain't got to sleep with nobody. Good. 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 Um, but uh, nobody, she don't want to. And so um, it is it is hilarious, though, because, okay, so Dolly Parton is talented. Yes. And so there'll be this moment, Sylvester Stallone's, like, singing a song, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is horrible. <laughs> and then suddenly, like, Dolly Parton will start to sing, and you just don't even know how good somebody is until you put them. <laughs> You're like, and there's a part about halfway, halfway through the movie, you're like, okay, I, this is this is becoming believable. He does get better. Drinkenstein is the song he sings when he's he's still learning. He's in yeah. the montage, you know, karate sure. kid moments, you know. Sure. Um, he still whacks on and off and not knowing why, you know, when he's singing Drinkenstein. But then towards the end, you're like, okay, Sylvester Stallone, he's maybe pulling it off. He's maybe becoming a country singer. Yeah. And then suddenly Dolly Parton starts singing next to him and you're like, oh, fuck, never mind. This is my- <laughs> There's the real bitch right there. Yeah. But like, did she have to fly him all the way anywhere to in New York to be a country singer? <laughs> I don't think you had to try that hard. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's a bit much. I think it was he just... He didn't say that he had to replace you on an equal level. You just said the bar has to like him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but a five drinks in country bar in New York will like pennies toss at a wall. <laughs> you would think that, but they, they do establish early on that this is a it's a tough crowd for, for country in New York. This... Then they don't belong in a country bar. You're playing to the wrong crowd. It's a... Uh... It literally ends in a du- the film spoilers. Oh no. It ends in a in a duet on stage. The the crowd is clapping. I if I remember correctly, Sylvester Stallone is is dripping in rhinestones. Dolly Parton by his side dripping in rhinestones. Gorgeous. It is a spectacle. Mm-hmm. And it is horrible. Nice. And if I'm sick and it's a rainy day, I'm gonna watch the shit out of that movie, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's my next. Uh, so horrible, bad it is. Wow, entertaining. Okay, Marissa, what's your what's your last for now good bad movie? Okay, so I did have to look it up, and it does have a higher Rotten Tomato score than I a thought it would, mm. and b thought it would. <laughs> um, but for what it did to a company is what I, why I picked it. Ooh. 
So my third movie is, it is another kid's movie, but it's not not a sequel. Mm. Didn't even have the chance of getting a sequel, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, Treasure Planet. <sighs> yes. I love Treasure Planet, the whole steampunk, mm-hmm. sci-fi, Treasure Island. I thought it was great. The music was fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, I love rocked out hard to it, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel these emotions so much, <laughs> you know. And then there was skateboarding, surfing thing, and that was a hot ticket. And the main character was cute, and little blobby guy was cute. And <laughs> so that movie is so so good, and it's the reason that we no longer have a two D animation studio in Disney. <laughs> Are you serious? Absolutely. It lost so much money when it came out, and it was known to be, like, terrible for the company. They even started pulling a bunch of their marketing for it after it came out. It just... It it really ripped it to shreds for, in my opinion, no reason. They did do... It was also really expensive to make because they insisted on doing overlay of CGI and hand-drawn animation together. So what you basically do is you take the animation in a cell and you put it with the computer animation on top of it. And it was beautiful. I wish was cheaper to do because even today we would benefit from it. But everyone just threw it right out the window because it's cost a bajillion dollars all the time every time you do it, which sucks. And I don't think makes sense in today's way that we have computing power. But whatever, it's gone forever, (laughs) unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But that movie, I always thought, was so great. And then growing up, I would ask people if they've seen it. And it was on par with Atlantis the Lost Empire. No one knows those movies. Yeah. No one has even heard of I them. I always get them. That I, So the moment Marissa said it, I started searching on my phone because I always get Atlantis and Treasure Planet confused. Because then they come out like around the same time. Yeah. Even though they're really, really good. Because, I mean, they both have like very classic plot lines. I mean, one is Treasure Island. They're both so more adult for a kid's movie. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of death, a lot of struggle, a lot of like actuality when it comes to the character development. And yet Disney just decided to murder it, basically is what mm-hmm. happened. The directors for Treasure Planet, it was their passion project. They wanted to make that movie ten years before it was actually made. They yeah. kept asking and asking if they could and they're like, well I'll do this movie first. Then we'll do this movie first. And so they just kept putting in movies, putting in movies, doing their time. And then when it finally came that they could put out their passion project, Disney just killed it so it's not a bad movie it yeah it's not a bad movie not bad no and um i was just looking at it a little bit it was nominated for academy award for yeah best animated feature film because yeah. like it is gorgeous like a lot of people oh, yeah. i was just reading um like a lot of people said it was like as beautiful as like a studio ghibli like miyazaki film like people were comparing it to spirited away oh, and yeah. shit but yeah it was a box office disaster like, and all Disney's fault. I don't even yeah. think it had anything to do with the people not wanting to see it. I don't think that people knew it was an option. Yeah. Marketing, goddammit. Really, they just really killed it. Yeah. They just were done with their 2D animation studio and didn't tell them yet. Such a bummer. I know. It's pretty frustrating. And now the only thing that 2D animation studio even does, because it's all dead except for like five people, mm-hmm. they do all of the like lighting displays for the castles. Like mm. all the animation that goes up the castles. Oh, at, for the, at like the, parks. the firework shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the nighttime shows. That's all they do. Uh, well, I have been there. They're quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
doing a good job animating on buildings. Well, that's sad. Well, we'll end this on a on a highly embarrassing note for Kaya. <laughs> so Kaya, who talks about herself in the third person, she buys <laughs> Blu-rays or actual hard copies of the films that she loves the most which is a good thing to do mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a, i love this film so much i want to support it in every way i can i'm going to buy the movie yes um or i just want to have it readily available at all times okay yes the reason i own this movie on blu-ray is definitely for the latter i bought it used so that somehow makes me feel better about it but my third worst awesome movie is the 2000 <laughs> movie starring Lucy Liu, Woo. Cameron Diaz, Woo. Drew Barrymore, Woo. Charlie's Angels. Whoa, yeah, baby. <laughs> I am ashamed that I own this movie. I am sad that I probably watch this movie <laughs> at least once a year. <laughs> I, it's like my one of my go-to, like I'm cleaning the house, let's put on a movie. Yeah. You know, I like to talk about them rainy days or those like sad bummer days. And, you know, you put, yeah. I'm not going to watch a masterpiece. No. Nobody's putting on The Shining today. No. Nobody's putting on Boogie Nights. We're watching Charlie's Angels. Need to be distracted from reality. Laws of physics will not apply to me. Laws of physics. Gone. <laughs> Just out the window. Marissa, I love this movie so much. Well, first off, you have you seen it? Yeah. Should we watch it later tonight? Just yeah. talking. Okay, cool. Um, oh, wait. I thought we were going to watch Mordecai. Oh, we're going to watch Mordecai. <laughs> Double feature. Mordecai and Charlie's <laughs> Angels. Now, I'm, if there's ever been a box set that went together. I hope to God there isn't some reason that people come into my home. Because I, I would, it would, it'd be like if my laptop's open to porn. You know, I'd just <laughs> shut it quickly. Be like, no, don't look at me. I'm watching Mordecai and Charlie's Angels, you know. Charlie's Angels. Holy shit. I love this movie. First off, go girl power. Whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. Okay, Bill Murray. What? Yeah. Bill Murray as Bosley. Yeah. Okay. We got Sam Rockwell. And this is like Sam Rockwell before he had fully become famous. Like, mm-hmm. this bitch has an Academy Award now, I yep. think. Like, yep. he is an amazing director. He dances. Yes. As does Sam Rockwell does. And I think this is probably one of the first, you know, we got to see some some dancing from Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's also Crispin Glover. Oh yeah, who is like the the weird the the mm-hmm. thin manner? I don't even remember yeah, what it's yeah. called. As a as a uh, a villain who doesn't speak and is creepy mm-hmm. and weird, and we do, and there's not enough Crispin Glover movies in this world. No, there and are not. there is not. Mm-mm. This is one of them, though. Wow, I love this movie, Marissa. Do you want to see the new one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I have not seen the new Charlie's Angels. Me neither. I don't plan on seeing it because this is the thing. I might rent it. Yeah, I'll rent it. This is the thing. Charlie's Angels 2000, okay? Mm -hmm. It fully knows what it is. Oh, yeah. And I think that's kind of the thing that's missed is like, they, it wasn't like, it's not like I'm. They're not serious. They're not serious. This is not, yeah, this isn't like a blockbuster movie that they, well, I mean, it, they tried to be a blockbuster, but it's a comedy at heart. It's a satire. Right. Yes. It is a satire. It yes. knows that it's based off of a television show with sexy ladies in it. Like, it is what it is, yes. you know? And I, I think, you know, the fact that, you know, Bill Murray has maybe made some poor choices in his career, but the fact that only he's- Only Garfield, maybe. Only Garfield. Yeah, that's true. Well, he, even he says it. Um, maybe. Yeah, but- Maybe. <laughs> 
I just watched that movie. That's a great movie. Zombieland. Sorry, I probably should say that, but <laughs> Zombieland's a great movie. That's what, that's what we were quoting. That's Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he agreed to do it almost, it's just like the cast who's involved, it inherently shows that oh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's like, all the like most popular females of the time mm-hmm. who just wanted to break away from like having to be that girl to be really hard that girl. <laughs> like instead of being like, I have to take this seriously. Yes, I want to fall in love with you. Yeah. Instead it's like, I'm going to just be pretty and have explosions and this is going to be so much fun. I'm just yeah. here for the fun yep i know well like i mean can't cameron diaz yeah. playing like a ditzy girl who like can't get a guy like what, what? <laughs> we broke, never we broke the microphone we were like what <laughs> i mean but it's like it, it's just so over the top i mean the movie also has um oh gosh what's his name Matt LeBlanc is in this movie. Yes. Um, freaking Luke Wilson. Where's he? Where I don't know where he went. You would recognize him. Owen Wilson's brother. Oh, I love him. Where did he go? Where did he go? Right. Um, he's been. He's been. He something. went Charlie Angels. I know. Uh, I forgot that Tim Curry is in this movie. Oh yeah, Tim Curry, Marissa. This cast list makes me so happy. I'm smiling ear to ear right now. I'm like, this—it's just the most. And it's fun. It's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Last week we talked about a film versus a movie. This is a. This is a fucking movie. This is some popcorn. You don't have to think. I want to turn my brain off and just enjoy. The disillusion that I don't live in my reality. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be in a place where a very gorgeous woman who is paid and known to be gorgeous can't get a date because she's weird. (laughs) That's the world I want to live in for about an hour and a half. Yes. All I I want. Oh, my God. I love Charlie's Angels. Freaking what's, uh, what was it? Drew Barry, Tom Green. Tom Green is in this movie for two seconds. So weird. The ass- briefest cameo in all of history. Thank almost. God it's brave. But yeah, <laughs> I uh, I just I think about that movie. I love that movie. And for me, that is that's one of those good, bad movies that I, I hope I hope I wish there was midnight screenings of, of Charlie's Angels. That would be fun. Right. We just like throw. I don't know. Little tiny airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> little, helico- little helicopters. Oh my god! I just remember there's that scene when Bill Murray is like he's captured and he like he carves a gun out of soap. Oh yeah, yes. Why is that happening? It's amazing. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so good. It's got a twist at the end that you also see coming because they yes. mention it halfway through the oh movie. Oh my god! And also, I'm a br- Chris Big Glover. Sorry, I'm just like such a big <laughs> fan of him. And so, yeah, I uh, I love Charlie's Angels. I own that shit on Blu-ray. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's just there for fun. And I think that's what, you know, that's what good, bad movies should be. They should be yes. fun. They should be yes. entertaining. Yeah, as long as they don't punch you in the stomach and steal your lunch money, they should be good. <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree. Making movies is hard. Paying for explosions is expensive. Well, that's a good one to end on. That was yeah. That's fun. There we go. I had fun. Yeah, there we go. I made us sad and you made it fun again. <laughs> it's like the death of animation, but not the death of <laughs> Sam Rockwell's dancing skills. Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, thank you all for listening. Uh Please comment. Let us know what some of your guilty pleasure movies. Please, please tell us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just remember, there will always be at least one person in the world who thinks 
There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure movie because、mm-hmm. it's hard to make movies. Yeah, so they're all they all should be enjoyed by one person、yes. at least. Therefore, there's an audience out there for everything.、Right? Yes. There you go. Well, thanks again for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This this is as above, so below.